North Self Connection proudly presents TNA Never Dies. Now, cross the line with your hosts, Aaron, Jenny, and JT. feel like every episode is exactly the same i feel like every day is the same i mean if every day is the same for you you i mean i get i mean i get suicide like i get it you know like i'm not encouraging it but i get it but like i feel like with these these episodes not us but the tna is that like stuff happens but like i could not tell you one episode from another I mean, that's not unusual for me at all, uh, watching wrestling. So maybe it's just new for you. And you need to get on this new way of watching things and then having no memory of it. I guess, but it's like I remember Raws. Like I remember like there's this Raw in August oh, uh, 98. I said August 08. And there's no way I was watching then. Uh, in August 08 where like X-Pac fights Rock. And like I can picture it. I can't picture anything we've watched this whole time. Anything? I remember things, uh, but not yeah specifics by the week. But you've also only seen them like once. Like you remember Raws and big moments because you probably watched them more than once, or they happened when you were younger and your memory was sharper and not beaten to shit by kids in misery. <laughs> and also, like Doty repeats and bangs the shit out of like their famous, infamous moments, right? So. You've probably seen a lot of those so many times that they stick out to you. Whereas so TNA, saw, like a lot of the stuff you've seen once in this absurdly stupid year. Well, I saw AJ Styles and Jerry Lynn more than once. <laughs> I saw uh, there was this porno scene once I saw like years ago, like years ago, like like maybe like 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 early 2000s. And like I, 20 years ago, it's just haunted me. And I found it. What is it of? Oh, I, I, it's just a, I don't know, a slutty porn star. <laughs> I don't know. Found her attractive. Right. She had dark hair, but, uh, uh, prominent chin. You know, all my hitting all my boxes. Right, kind of trashy. You like you. She like kind of looked like Belladonna. I'll be honest. <laughs> like it's not like Back it, it might have. It might have been her. So look, let's. <laughs> look. <laughs> I. Uh, Let's just get right into this bullshit. February 26, 2003. We never – you know we never say the dates of these shows? Uh, we or you? What do you mean me? You could well, you're say Well, you're the host. You're the host. I'm the host? <laughs> you leave the show? You ask the questions. I guess. I feel like I'm just ranting. <laughs> well, that too. Uh, we get a recap of Jarrett hitting the top rope stroke with gunshots put in and a fucking dramatic piano sonata on top of it. Also, Vince Russo may be banging his wife as we speak. Jenny, how many men has Vince Russo cuckolded? Um, at least seven, probably. They all do they all wear the horns of a cuckold? Of course. Good. Tanae is now treating the team of Dusty Invader like they're the goddamn mega powers. <laughs> like he is it's like the greatest thing he has ever heard of. Can you believe tonight we are getting Dusty Rowley? Like he's just like, I, you know, this is a man who's been excited about a lot of bullshit, but this is some heavy bullshit that he's excited about. Literally. Um, but yeah. uh, are you not impressed with this pairing of Dusty and Vader? It's pretty awesome, right? 
it's very did they fly them in because they would have needed at least four tickets <laughs> only only a first class baby <laughs> they had private jets come on <laughs> I'm sorry, you can't come. See, when you say private jets, I think if there's an episode of Curbed where they can't get on the plane because of a weight limit, <laughs> there's no way Dusty and Vader are allowed to fly anywhere together. They probably drove. But even then, what kind of car is it? A monster truck they're driving? Instead <laughs> of van. Yes. A fucking dump truck. Whatever it takes. It, like when you picture the van with them in it, I picture like a cartoon car that looks exhausted, like with the tires all flat and stuff. Yeah, the, it honks like <laughs> the horn is just finished. Uh, Jason Cross is also returning after a month. JT, does it feel like he's been gone for two years? <laughs> yeah, I, I, yes. I mean, maybe it has been two years for us as part of it. Um, <laughs> but I do think, uh, yes, it seems like it's been much more. Uh, distant than that. Yeah, like I feel like we like it's been a long time since we talked about the Jesus cross and the crack of that crack of his ass. Mm-hmm. Trinity and Cash come out. They're all decked out in red. Jenny, did, did they miss Valentine's Day? What's happening here? Well, it's in honor of Valentine's Day. They haven't changed clothes since Valentine's Day. Probably. They've been like walking, like have a walk of shame since Valentine's yeah. Day. Yeah, they're just that fucked up. <laughs> They just can't stop fucking, so they, they never get a chance to change. Yeah. Just keep putting on the same clothes. I, mean. I guess we'll go here. Oh, here we go again. <laughs> hey, here's this broken down van that looks exhausted. Let's <laughs> fuck it. <now. laughs> West then, when he talks about Kid Cash, he goes, what a champion he has been. He's been champion for three weeks. He's been dominant. He's been killing it. That's the thing with, like, I think because of this Crash TV style they do, shit, and maybe this is part of the cross thing for us too, but shit, so much stuff happens that it seems like it's, like, forever ago. You know what I mean? Uh, like, yeah. so it seems like Cash has been champion for months because everything's in fucking hyperdrive and so much stuff happens. It's almost impossible to remember, and it seems like it's been a while. Yeah, and I feel this way even when I watch the show straight. Like, never mind week to week, just in the same show. It's like you ever have a long day where it's like 10 o'clock at night and you're like, oh, yeah, I remember when I did that. And it's like, wait, that was this morning. Yeah. <laughs> well, do you think that's by design um, just for a weekly pay-per-view? Like you want it to feel that way? The show's designed to exhaust and anger me? No, no, just to make you feel like you're getting your money's worth if you're paying for these little shows, right? I guess. But then if it goes back to like I don't remember a goddamn thing, am I getting my money's worth? Like. I do think they're stuck in this, and I think we've talked about this, but like booking it and presenting it for people that may be popping in to buy it once a month, and that kind of goes in your hand, Jenny, to get your money's worth with long-term booking and storytelling, right? So I think they almost treat sometimes like they have to look at these as individual pay-per-views, which is different than TV, because TV is a right. free investment mostly, whereas with this, it's like you are asking people to, to put money out every week. So I feel like they almost feel like they have to deliver at a high level of like mm-hmm. things happening every week, but also do a lot of, I don't say resetting, but like just over explaining and over showing and over delivering because you want to make sure people come back to buy again versus mm-hmm. just watch. But then you run into this, a similar problem, whereas like uh, I find so much of the stuff and maybe this is why it feels like I don't remember anything. So much of the stuff is so similar every week. 
So are they booking for the repeat customer? Like, is there is, is someone going to sit through half an hour of Mike Sanders four times a month? Sadly. I mean, someone is, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know. I, I feel like it's it's changed a lot, like from the beginning, uh, you know, and <laughs> Russo has changed it a lot from when he started. So I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, it, it changes. I find it changes like it goes in like pockets, right? Like I feel like, yeah, if you compare the show we're watching now in February 2003 versus the show we were getting back in June 2002, it's a vastly different show. But like, you know, from June 2002 to like October 2002 was very similar every week. Mm-hmm. And then the next block and then the next block. And anyway, that's just how I'm feeling about the product in general. But then again, this is also a product that's almost two decades old, and it should all be new to me, but it's not. So, well, um, in yeah, it's going through changes, but really, it's just like it's almost been like just two promotions. Like we had the first run until was it Labor Day or whatever that like reset was with Russo, and then we're seeing Punk showed up. Yeah, just and then since then, whatever that Labor Day, remember they took the time off and then came back, and it was like Mm a um kind of a hard reboot, and then like since then, it's kind of been a different thing. So it doesn't even change that much. It's just been since that reboot, it's been pretty much the same overall overall. Yeah. Yeah. Same guys, same guys kind of fighting each other, just in maybe some very slightly different pairings. And now with Russo, you've got the, the promos and everything all the time, all the same. Mm-hmm. But, you know, this match starts up. JB tells us also that this match is sanctioned by the national, the national wrestling Alliance. So that's a positive, I think. Correct. Um, they boo the shit out of uh, Jason Cross, which I think is strange. Like, I thought Nashvillians would be more into Jesus. Are they into Jesus? I don't know. Well, see, there's not enough Jesus imagery on Cross because it's like a triangle on his crotch and then mm-hmm. some sort of weird arrow on his ass cheeks. Is that like one of those like, you know, brain games where like you have matchsticks and you have to make a cross out of like what's there? He needs like a Jesus fish instead. Yeah, he Mm. needs something more easily recognizable as Jesus. Imagine he had a Jesus fish tattoo on his penis and the (laughs) mouth was his urethra of the fish. I don't think that Jesus fish has a mouth. Well, the the Jesus fish has to have a mouth. It eats. It has to eat so that it can get big enough to be eaten. It eats seven loaves of bread and wine. <laughs> fucking Jesus was all pissed. It's like, where'd the bread go? This fucking fish ate it. God damn what if it, his tights fish. had water on one side and wine on the other? <laughs> or when he touches them, they change color. <laughs> These are all ways that cross could have been improved. <laughs> do, you think, do you think they're booing him because Kid Cash looks more like a traditional Jesus than Jason Cross yes. does? I think he they has be, a cross tattooed on him as well. They should be cheering him because he looks like Kid Rock. Yes. Well, he's a cowboy. But they already have a cowboy on the show. Maybe that's the problem. Maybe. Too many cowboys. It's like Jason Cross is the fake Jesus and um, Kid Cash is the fake cowboy. Um, yeah, pretty much. Jenny, who do you think would last longer on a cross? Kid Cash or Jason Cross? Um, I'm going to give that to Cash probably. You think he lasts longer? Yeah, I think he does. Were you aware of how people died in a crucifixion? Uh, yeah, I've been aware of that for a little bit. Yeah, like, I, like they, but like yeah. they drown. They drown in their own blood. Yeah, well, no, they drown because like their lungs fill up with water. 
Mm. And you and you have to keep pushing with your feet to like to breathe. Mm. That's the torture. And then the, when they break your knees, you can't do that anymore. And that's why it, breaking the knees was a mercy. Thanks for that. Anyway, just I thought that'd be an interesting tidbit <laughs> to share. Anyway, um, after talking. <laughs> After talking up how important this match is, the announcers immediately start talking about Russo and Jarrett. Mm-hmm. And it's a very quick 90 seconds of flips and arm drags. And West then goes, Kid Cash is bringing class back to the X Division. <laughs> what was wrong with Sonny Siaki? Was he not ca- classy? Mm, no, he was a little bit douchey. You think? But you can be douchey and have class. Mm. Like, was the million dollar man Ted DiBiase classy? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I, I think like he rubbed it in your face too much to be classy. Mm. You think a classy, was Freddie Blassie like, classy? <laughs> well, I mean, it's in his name. He was kind of a douche. <laughs> a classy douche. So he's talking about the end of the world and shit. Mm-hmm. But we, so you you feel Teddy Biasi was rubbing it too much in people's faces? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, you'll see here in sports and stuff too, right? You act like you've been there before, be a little classy. You know, to me, it's like flaunting the cash, shoving it in people's mouths. It's not classy. But there's got to be some classy people that are douches. Well, maybe. I just, you named him. I know. But who would be a classy douche? Jesus? <laughs> Jeff Machado. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Um, there's a super kick, super kick in there. Uh, Jenny, where would you buy the outfit that Trinity is wearing? Uh, uh, I, I don't know. That's a great question. <laughs> is it a I, sex store of some kind? Probably, yeah. Yeah. Also, now throwing a chair at someone is called the Smash Mouth. Right. Um, JT, you're is walking this res- on the sun when it's happening. <laughs> well, that's it. Is this respectful to the purveyors of All Star <laughs> and Walking on the Sun? Uh, yeah, that's probably the most relevant they were. And actually, no. When did the Shrek movie come out? I say it's the most relevant they were in 2003. But Shrek was, is like I'm a believer still pretty big at this point because of them. Did they sing that too? The remake. Well, I mean, it was originally oh, yeah. the Monkees, but um, I think they did the remix for Shrek, right? Why in the song All Star are they singing about the meteorology? Well, they're still hooked on the Walking on the Sun. I guess it, which, which is a bigger song about that particular discipline walking on the sun or all-star. Uh, God, this is too many questions. Wonderwall. Mm. Touche. Uh, Jason cross looks like he should be subbing for like your sick geography teacher in this match. <laughs> I find um, cash. It's like a fisherman suplex in which he drives the head into the knee. I don't know how anyone kicks out of that, but they do. Uh-huh. <laughs> Then Cross jumps from the top and lands directly on his coccyx, which is like a really – like it's a really unfortunate name for that body part. Coccyx. Yeah, like when they name that, there's no way they thought that you're going to name your penis a cock. Like they're like, <laughs> we had this covered because then it's just confusing. Like, what, like is your cock your tail? Like how does that work? <laughs> Kid hits a tornado GDT for the win. Um, JT, is it true that Cash is king? Card is queen. Hmm. Jenny, were you surprised that at this point there was no post-match beating or post-match crucifixion? Yes, 
It is one of my <laughs> notes for this match. Unusual clean ending. No run-ins, no bullshit. Just a fun match. So what are we – this is automatically very different from what we've witnessed before. Yeah, maybe the show's getting better. Yeah. I'm at three stars. Yeah, me too. It was a hot finish thanks to Cash's insane speed, which I did like. Um, I, I didn't think Cross showed a lot, though. Like, he hung in, but he didn't pop out. So he didn't stand out, which a lot of times guys do. Like, that's been the make or break in this division. Some guys get these shots and just kind of hang in and don't move up. But the guys that show out usually get, like, more chances. Which they That's one thing they've been good at is utilizing guys that have good showings consistently. Mm-hmm. Um, and, again, this was all cash. I feel like he completely carried this. And I think he looks amazing, and I think he is a great guy to affront this. It's been a great title reign for Kid Cash so far. Um, but I went, I went three stars as well. I mean, he's been our our champion for at least seven months now. So, I mean, I feel like he's done a good <laughs> job. Um, and, you know, you lo- you want to see, like, this success for him. Like, because, you know, he did have a lot of good matches to be able to win that belt. And he won it in a great way and always has fun matches for me. So, I give it three and a quarter stars. His hair is just too thin for my liking. That's a, a little bit thin, but, you know. Yeah, what it is. Uh, Goldilocks is in the back waiting on Jeff Jarrett. Uh, Jarrett wearing a Ric Flair old man jacket for sure. (laughs) He storms past Goldilocks. JT, were you surprised that he didn't lay a beating on her? (laughs) Uh, A little bit. I was waiting for her to throw her into a crate or something. (laughs) Shut up, bitch. Yeah, before we can – this is nothing. We get the bicycle bells, and here comes Russo in sequence. And right away, I'm like, is he wearing a Dustin Rhodes jacket? Mm-hmm. And and he is. Mm-hmm. And instead of just letting us discover it, Mike Tanay's like, hmm, I've seen that jacket before. <laughs> Jenny, is he full of shit? <laughs> always, Aaron, always. Yeah. Like, is he so full of shit that, like, if he coughs, he'll shit out of his mouth? <laughs> He definitely cough shits. That jacket looks like a natural fit to me. <laughs> it's been up and down the roads a few times. Uh, so and he says the, the theme of tonight's show is family. The fans know nothing about friends because people would be afraid of getting robbed. Thank you, though, for being a friend. <laughs> Traveling up that road and back again. Your hot is true. You're a pal and a confidant. My best friend is Jeff Jarrett. I took his balls in my hand and went right to his door. I knocked and greeted my wife. His daughters ran up to Uncle Vince. They love and miss me. And that tore his heart out. My heart. I talked to his wife, played with the kids, waited for him to come home. And he came home and we talked and looked at each other's eyes. And Jarrett. Realize it's time to come home. We talked all night. We ended with a hug. And we decided that he would join sex. And tonight, there'll be a contract signing to make it official. Anyone in the TNA locker room shows up and can join sex by stepping up to that plate. So there's so much going on here. Mm-hmm. Right away, he says the theme is, like you said, friends and family. I was under the impression the theme was tits and ass. <laughs> was I wrong about that? We're changing NWA, it up. NWA, F and F. Yes. <laughs> Come on down. He, and he also says, like, he goes, he, I took my balls in my hand and went up to his door. But, JT, does it take balls to go to a dude's house when you know he's not there? 
Yeah, well, talk to his wife, I guess. I guess. And if 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 he's to Jared's kids, Uncle Vince, what do Jenny? What do Jared's kids call Vince McMahon? <laughs> <laughs> that old asshole, I think. Daddy Vinny. Daddy. Do they call BG James Uncle Scum? <laughs> <laughs> Uncle I, I love too that like piece of he, shit. In this whole story, he waited for Jarrett to come home. How many times did Jarrett's <laughs> wife think, like, when is this guy going to fucking leave? <laughs> well, I mean, not while he was banging her, obviously. I guess. And the whole time he's talking, too, I keep seeing this dude in the front row that looks exactly like 2003 Jason Sherman. <laughs> like, like, same beard, same smile, everything. <laughs> same COVID. JT, what is j- – j- <laughs> Look, our thoughts and prayers go out to the entire Sherman family that dealt with COVID <laughs> and conquered it, hopefully. Um, JT, what, what's Jared's position going to be? Because everybody's got these posts in sex. What's Jared's post going to be in sex? Uh, the guitar maker. A what? He's going to make guitars. Oh, everyone. maker. Fuck, I didn't hear maker. <laughs> heard another word that we would have had to edit out. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> think the worst of me i don't that's why i was shocked <laughs> I was like, oh my god he's lost it he's like he doesn't want to do the show anymore <laughs> well don't drag poor jenny down with you <laughs> are we not oh, we're all going down here <laughs> don't say that i haven't said anything bad this week about asian hair or like i haven't even talked about like 20 minutes in that's it. There's lots of time for us to fuck this up somehow. Are we also to understand that these sex guys are under contract to a stable? Well, yeah. I take it as that like almost like an agent thing. Like Vince like represents them and signs them on behalf of TNA or something like that. Like that's how it. I get the feeling that they're employed. Through, like they're almost doing it like sex isn't really part of TNA or something. Like they're his guys and he gets them on. Like the TV time and stuff. Like they're not actually in TNA. Because I just watched this documentary called The Vow about the Nexium sex cult. Oh, yeah. That was and it's, good. It's reminding me a lot of that. It's like you're going to brand yourself to sex. <laughs> um, Jenny, when he invited anybody to join, were you expecting Buff Bagwell to run down and join up with the stable? <laughs> yeah, I was expecting Tanae to run down and join up. Me, Jeff! <laughs> Here, here comes AJ Styles wearing purple, which I was always told was the color of sexual frustration. Why is that? Wait, what? Yeah, I, someone told me once that purple was the color of sexual frustration. Why would there be a color for that? I don't know, but it seemed like it made sense at the time. I think it's royalty actually is purple. That is true, but do you think – you don't think it has anything to do with sexual frustration? I mean, maybe, but I, think I can't blue. see why. Yeah, blue, blue kind of makes more sense. See, I always viewed blue as like a royal color. But I understand it's purple. Do, do you know what colors are? You're like I Matt Souza, are you? <laughs> I, I know I colors. I explain, yes. I struggle with feelings. That, that's that's <laughs> oh. the concept I struggle with. Okay. Um, AJ then says Vince told him that Double J would screw his own mother before he gave up the title. And then Russo goes, he did. Did Double J bang his own mom? <laughs> Obviously. AJ is going to sign up. And then Russo starts talking about, like, do you accept the philosophy? Like, wh- what's ha- What is happening here? It's this cult. They're in a cult. 
Yeah, Vince Russo is a philosophizer now. Mm-hmm. And AJ goes, give me the pen, give me the contract. Then Raven comes out, and of course, Tanae has to drop a – he has a microphone again, which <laughs> shivered. I was like, oh, I thought maybe he was past this. Nope. And he goes, what about me? What about Raven? Jenny, did it feel like he was really trying to work that catchphrase in? No, that was completely organic and not forced at all. Perfect. That's that's the feeling I got too. Mm-hmm. Then Tanae goes, there's friction in the sex camp. <laughs> I fucking hope so. <laughs> because – if there's no friction in the sex camp, that's no camp I want to be a part of. <laughs> Russo declares it's all about him. And then, like, if we haven't gotten fucking weird enough, now Raven is quoting Voltaire, of all people. Like, we're really laying into this philosophy here. AJ then goes, zip it, and then declares himself. He's like, are you the next spokesperson for uh, Maybelline? <laughs> Then they start arguing about who, which one of them is. <laughs> he said something wrong. It was wrong, no matter what. What's Maybelline? What's Raveline? Like, none of it makes sense. He's, I, it's like he heard it once and was like, that'll be funny. I'll call him a woman's product. Like, but it's like, yeah, he's definitely commenting on his like eyeliner or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, but it's not the right product. It's like, oh, are you going to put in a ramp on? Like, no. <laughs> I think. <laughs> Like they then they start like they start arguing. You can't fight Sandman. No, you can't fight Sandman. Is Sandman the fucking yardstick in the promotion? Suddenly, <laughs> he's awesome. There's that. It's the kendo stick of the promotion. <laughs> AJ is like, I'll fight the Sandman. Raven like says he'll fight an X Division guy, and then AJ basically calls Raven a fat pig for some reason. I don't know why. Then Russo's like, AJ's gonna fight Sandman. And then, but I love at this point, he goes, AJ, you're going to fight Sandman? And Raven, under his breath, almost goes, he will kill you. (laughs) (laughs) That plot me. (laughs) It was such a great line. It was good. He does say, if the wussies in the back allow it. (laughs) Um, Then AMW comes in and interrupts. Russo crosses his arms. And that cannot be comfortable in that jacket, right, JT? No, it's it's pulling tight on the shoulders for sure. Well, that and like the the, the sequins are probably digging into your skin. Mm-hmm. Have you ever mm-hmm. worn sequins? Me no. Uh, I mean, maybe for like some costume or something. Yeah, I wore an entire sequin pants pair of pants once. It was not uh, comfortable. It wasn't hot. Well, it was very warm. Yes, I thought that you're referring to <laughs> too warm. Um. So Russo then calls – do you want to talk about what he calls the America's Most Wanted? Um, Something cowboy and something – Captain else. Fantastic and the Dirt Road Cowboy. Yeah. No, ca- Captain Mantastic. Oh, he's a Mantastic. That's even worse. <laughs> what? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Captain Mantastic and the Dirt Road Girl. Cowboy. I love that. I'm writing it down. Jenny, what's a Dirt Road Cowboy? <laughs> It's a fake cowboy because they think they're a cowboy because they just live on a dirt road. And they're really Didn't not. all cowboys live on a dirt road? They're from the Wild West. Right, but it's not <laughs> – most <laughs> – you're not a cowboy just because you live on a dirt road. Okay. Can you explain further? It's like trash, like a poor piece of trash would live on 
a dirt road somewhere, but that don't make you a cowboy. But wouldn't the dirt road give you more legitimacy as a cowboy? Like you're probably riding a horse on the dirt road more than it would on a fucking pavement. I think that there's like pride in being a cowboy and like working the land and crap, not just living on a piece of crap dirt road. Are there lots of cowboys that live just on a, the side of a dirt road? I would assume on a ranch, but like not just. <laughs> but if they're on a ranch, aren't they working the land? I don't know. I'm not pressuring you because I, I'm pressuring you from a perspective of trying to get to understand your point. I, I have no point. I'm just saying words. So. <laughs> words? Okay. Well, they're coming out in senses, so that's already a, uh, a plus. And then Storm really works in the sorry about your damn luck catchphrase really early. America's Most Wanted jumps Raven, but then of all people, the fucking hotshots come out to save him? What? Yeah. And like so, – so on one hand – I, I actually don't – so this whole thing is like this inner competition between AJ and Raven, right? So on one hand, I don't mind that. I think it's kind of interesting that there's these two sex guys that like are, are competing, you know, who's going to be the top dog in the thing. That's interesting to me. But JT, what the fuck is Maybelline? <laughs> I mean maybe it was Maybelline. Yeah, maybe. But she might have been – do you think he was born with it though? <laughs> Goldie, well, what did you think of this whole segment, Jenny? Well, I liked it. I mean, Russo and that sequin jacket is a whole mood, and um, I I thought he was pretty funny. I mean, in in his Russo way, and like you said, I don't mind AJ and Raven having like a little contest or whatever they've decided to do. So, uh, I don't hate it. I thought it was pretty good. Yeah, I thought it was funny, but like a little silly at times. Yeah. 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 All right, Goldie's. I like, I like awkward AJ trying to like be badass and cut a promo on fucking Raven. You know, like. Yeah. And, and they got a lot going, and like it kept moving around. I, I just think they could have slimmed it down. Like the Raven AJ stuff was definitely the weakest part of this. I thought Russo was actually fine, um, but then I got a little bit lost until the fight. Yeah, I would agree. It's the weakest. It's weird because it's the weakest part, but it's the part I'm most interested in. Right. Like, I'm way more interested in a, a storyline between AJ and Raven over who's the top dog in sex versus the Vince Russo sitting on Jeff Jarrett's couch and waiting for him to come home while his wife, like, looks for more snacks to give him. <laughs> Peanuts. I'm glad I understood that one. All right. Goldie is in the back now with Dusty Invader. So fucking Mike today must have been losing his mind at the commentary table. <laughs> Dusty's like, you don't mess with a man's home. You stole that jacket. JT, why are so many angles in this promotion over clothing? (laughs) It means a lot. Clothing makes the man. Yes. Then he's talking some shit about buckshots. It just, I I was just lost in this promo. He calls themselves bears. Like, what? I didn't get anything. And then Vader has this heavy... Like he said like one line, but he said it with a southern accent. Was he doing a Dusty Rhodes impression? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe he's just like caught up. You know, you're like around someone too much. Yeah, <laughs> like, it just rubs off on him. <laughs> it's Vader time, baby. <laughs> if you were hanging around with Dusty Rhodes 100%, you would start talking like him. I guess. I mean, I feel bad that I was like, I, I worry he was thinking I was making fun of him. No, no, I, don't, I think he would like it. <laughs> like as soon as I get around an Australian person, I clam up. <laughs> Because I'm going to say all wrong at some point because I just say it. Then I have to explain what it is. 
Same thing with an Irish. I worked with an Irish woman for like two months last year. And like the whole time I'm like, I can't fucking tell her what I think of the accent. <laughs> I can't fucking say that your whole people are sad. <laughs> but then she told this story about being in her house and smelling something and laughing it off. But it was a fucking dead guy. Anyway, let's move what? on. <laughs> Oh, we're moving on to Simon Diamond and Johnny Swinger. JT, does Johnny is Johnny Swinger dressed like a heterosexual canyon? Uh, by the way, I just one other comment on that promo. Dusty <laughs> said the Harris twins are, are, were identical twins since birth. <laughs> Thanks, Dusty. Oh, God. All right, what was the question again? Oh, it was a nonsense question about if Johnny Swinger was dressed uh, like heterosexual canyon. Sure. Uh, but today does say they were a top team in ECW. Yes, he does. New Church comes out. Where the fuck is Belladonna? She's gone, man. So that up in your basement, dude. Fuck, I should probably yeah. <laughs> I should probably let her out. Yeah, pause this. I haven't uh, I haven't fed her since the last time we did this show. Oh. Yeah, I'm just gonna clarify that. Aaron's joking. There is no woman tied up in his basement. Oh, everybody knows she died years ago. We made fun of that <laughs> on a previous episode. You guys laughed. I cried. Right. I went to found her bones. Anyway, there's a whole. And today is today is like, I can't believe the fans are cheering these people. Like, he's really like just completely exasperated that people are cheering for the new church. Whatever. Like, they've been cheering the new church. Get over yourself today. I hate him. Jenny, do you see any resemblance between Brian Lee and The Undertaker? Mm, yeah, sometimes. Guys, who's a better rapper, J.C. Ice, Wolfie D, or P.N. News? Who's Wolfie D? He's spitting out the lyrics with J.C. Ice. <sighs> and Wolfie D. Um, yeah, probably J.C. Ice is the best it, of the three. Is J.C. Ice Slash? No, Wolfie D is Slash. So there we go, Wolfie D. <laughs> okay. All right. Slash is now doing some sort of evil elbow that looks like the people's elbow. And then Tanae is like – Tanae says – he goes, was the deal between AJ and Russo consummated? <laughs> JT, what's with the choice of words there? Well, he is representing sex. <laughs> that was a very clever joke by Mike Tanay, Aaron. You no missed way. it. You no way. There's the no – I don't believe thing. that for one second that he was joking. Pretty sure he I was. Think, I think he was sitting there with this thesaurus trying to show us how smart he was. <laughs> I'm the professor, what? damn it. <laughs> um, I, I, like, I don't even know how to make sense of this commentary for this match. They start saying, like, they're like, the only way evil would be cheered is if they're fighting sex. But the crowd is chanting evil, and they're fighting <laughs> Swinger and Diamond. <laughs> Did either of you see James Mitchell on Dark Side of the Ring recently? No. I've never seen an episode. Which oh, no, one? why? He's on the Canyon episode. Mm, I'll have to and, watch that. And he looks exactly like you imagine he would 20 years later. Awesome. Yeah. You haven't watched any, JT? You just not – you don't want to see the sad stories? Well, honestly, it just came out during, like, a really depressing time, like the mm. early days of the pandemic. And, like, I just associate it with that. Right. It's also why I never watched The Last Dance, the Michael Jordan thing, even though it's like right up my alley and I'd love it. I probably like it is. I was like just such a morose time, like April and May of 2020 right. um, that I can't like I just associate those two things and empty arena sports with that era of like misery. So 
I just can't. I don't find it interesting to go watch because I don't want to like live, relive that time. I, I see. I thought I associate that whole time with the Tiger King. Did you watch the Tiger King at least? <laughs> no. Ah, see, now you're missing out. Yeah, for sure. Um, Diamond does the three amigos suplexes with none of the flair or charisma that anybody else has. Jenny, is murder suicide the best suicide? A hundred percent. Good. They do the distraction tag miss spot. But the ref was looking at literally nothing to get distracted, which kind of upset me. Um, he also misses Swinger through a chair directly in Slash's face. More distractions. And then uh, Slash hits a Slash Awakening for the win. Jenny, are we better as a society for having experienced this match? No, Aaron. We're worse actively. God. That makes me sad. Yeah. JT, were you surprised there was no post-match beating or crucifixion here? <laughs> another clean one especially with the church usually someone gets ripped apart and fucking bleeds everywhere but um this was fine it was a little clunky for sure not a lot of heat uh diamond and swing are very bland um not exciting and church kind of working their face style like they're trying to figure it out so to me they definitely seemed a little hesitant in that regard but right. their chemistry is on point so i don't know i, I just went two stars it was just kind of a fine little tv match yeah, pretty sluggish. Like, I am kind of used to better crap from New Church a little bit. You know, not – I'm not all great shakes, but usually they have something that looks better than this. But it's kind of messy and sloppy and uh, – it, it felt like kind of vanilla ECW, like, trying to do just like a regular <laughs> match, a regular tag match. So, two stars. I'm a two as well. I'm going to put this on Swinger and Diamond since mm-hmm. I feel like we've seen the church do a lot oh, better yeah. stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so today is like, oh, we got Goldie in the back? Like, <laughs> like that doesn't end every segment. <laughs> and she's standing outside the locker room of Double J. And then he like – so he opens the door and he's like, yeah, come on. He's like super gracious to her. Mm-hmm. Jenny, why did he treat her like such shit earlier? <laughs> well, look, she said something bitchy earlier and then he got over it. I think he realizes, you know, how much of an asshole he came off and is trying to make mm-hmm. up for it. Right. JT, describe for the uh, listening audience uh, J- Double J's hair. It's like if Mark McGrath didn't put gel in it. It's gross. And just kind of let it hang. And then sang every morning. <laughs> So Jarrett like talks about Is that the best sugar rice song? Every That's morning? Ah, uh, fly, probably fly, yeah. Oh, fly? Huh? Put your arms around me, baby. <laughs> what yeah. it is? Fly well, was probably the big the biggest one, I guess, right? I can't think of another sugar race song. What are the other good ones? Every morning, wasn't that that one? Every morning there's a Yeah, is that one. the name of the song? Yeah. Every morning, easy. I think that's probably their best one. I it's think. very hard. I don't know. To Fly's sing. good. It's very hard to sing in an Australian. Fly has the like reggae sound to it, which is always good. What it is, you know, be about it's that guy, right? Singing at the beginning. Yes. Um. Oh, someday. Right. That's the other one. That's a good oh, one. Oh yeah. I'm, I mean, maybe someday. I like someday. Um, Jarrett puts over Russo as a man of conviction who's trying to save everyone's jobs, even the loser cameraman. I don't know why he needed to make that <laughs> remark. 
<laughs> and he's like, it might be time for a change. And then he opens his jacket to reveal a sex shirt. And then what? she's like, yeah, yeah, right. And and Goldie's like, I need to know if this is a joke. He replies, no, the joke's on you. Loser. Yeah. And um, then he busts out a videotape and tells us we'll see what happened at the family reunion. Guys, are we finally getting the TNA uh, snuff film that we've been promised since the start? I mean, it seems to be heading that way. I mean, fingers crossed. That's what I've been here for this whole time. And it's going to be on VHS, so it's really going to be like a film. It's old. It's like that porn that I have. Yeah. yeah, of course. Yeah. Uh, Tanae is like shocked. He can't even get over it. Uh, so is Red Don West. And in, and at one point, um, Tanae goes, Jeff Jarrett is wearing a T-shirt. Which felt like, yes, self-explanatory, but also like, okay, we don't need to panic over this. Tanae just starts yelling about brainwashing. JT, if you could brain, if you could brain, like if you're Russo and you could brainwash people, would you be hanging out in the second-rate wrestling promotion? Well, I mean, if you really like wrestling. Hmm. I guess. Anyway, fuck, now we're sitting down with Gilberti and Sanders for who knows why, right? Jenny, why do these guys get as much mic time as Mike Tanay and Don West? <laughs> uh, great question. I have no idea. And I'll be honest, I don't want to talk about this segment. Why? It's, well... I, I was that was I was gonna end there, but then I was like, "Fuck it, we owe it to the people to talk about it." I guess. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then T- Tanae goes as director of uh, mm. uh, of character development, Glenn Gerberti. What, what? 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 He's so indignant. What character? Oh, what know. characters have you created? What is your resume? What's your character development resume? Yeah, and then they just keep talking in circles about buy rates and mm-hmm. ratings. And then, like, as then Tanae Sanders, like, uh, as director of acquisitions, like, uh, what, what have you done? Like, he's just really, like, I, I don't, like, he's just such a prick. Like, Well, I the, mean, Gilbert and Sanders are also worthless. And, yeah, I and mean, they're really pushing this as sex is driving the ratings. And I guess, I mean, they've said in the past that, like, numbers are up, the building's more sold out, blah, 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 blah. And, you know, today says it's because people have a passion of tradition versus sex. Yeah. Um, that's why the ratings are up. And <laughs> Gilbert just says, basically, you know, they had the month of tradition alone and it didn't work. And then, yeah, then he asked Sanders, what's all the talent you've acquired? And Sanders just slapped today because of the condescending tone. Yeah, I love that he called him out for the condescending tone. And he goes, who did I bring in? Glenn Gilberti. Like, that's not a good acquisition. For anybody. <laughs> Awful acquisition. Tanae sits back and goes, okay, okay, sell me. Sell me on your vision. Sell me on your vision. And they just talk about ratings, which is, is it rate? So they're confused, right? Is it ratings right. or buy ratings? Yeah, well, Sanders is just an idiot. It's buy rate, but they keep saying ratings. Yeah, okay. Uh. Good, because it was maddening. And then Sanders, for some reason, shits on Kamala. Which I don't <laughs> get. And Jim yes. Duggan, JT, is it racist for them to attack the vice president like that? <laughs> it's Kamala. Oh, <laughs> is it racist of me to have mispronounced that or to make the allusion <laughs> to the other? Has no one put it together that Kamala's last name was Harris? <laughs> Aaron, you're the only one who gets the fucking joke. <laughs> oh, I got it. 
That's the only part of it. <laughs> Disco demands to know how many people Mike sees walking around wearing masks, which I don't feel aged well at all. No, that sounds awful. How many people do you know walking around wearing masks? How many people masks? wear two masks? <laughs> I actually saw someone outside today double masked, and I'm not getting into the mask thing. I just thought it looked kind of silly. It was like open, like at a farm, and they had a like medical mask and then like the N95 over it. Yeah. Seemed to be much. I just don't think they've read any of the actual research. <laughs> it look like I'm not going to the anti mask. Like I'm not either way yeah. on that. I'm saying outside in open farm at land, you know, I may, they have some major illness, so they're being extra safe, but the double felt a little bit much. It, it, it feels similar to when I see someone alone in their car with it on. It's like, right. okay, but I just always assume it's like an Uber driver and they're going to pick someone up so they get the benefit of the doubt. Oh, maybe, maybe in my, that's just in my mind. Yeah. Now, this argument between them, Tanae and these two fucking idiots keeps going and they but they keep saying, well, this could go on and on forever. which I really hope it doesn't. Um, JT, were you as glad as I was when it ended? I'm, I'm always glad when anything with these guys ends. It, it's actually been kind of sad, like. I was never a disco guy. Like, I'd be fine without him ever. Um, but I did like Mike Sanders in WCW. And I always felt like he was one of the guys um, that deserved uh, more in WCW and even WDF. Like, when he signed with them and went to Heartland or whatever. You know, I, I always thought, like, oh, this is a guy that potentially has some some future somewhere and some talent. But he has been super disappointing through this whole run. Like, mm. I've, I have, like, no interest in him. I think he's not very good in the ring. He's like just an awful talker. I wonder if he, and I know that's what he's known for. Like he was kind of the voice of the new blood in WCW. So I think it's hard to say like, oh, they should have brought him in as like a face or something. But I just think in this role as a heel that has to talk so much, it just has not worked at all. No, he's awful. Like he's, he's really awful. Um, The hot shots are now let out to the ring by Gilberti and Sanders. Jenny, how many times do we have to see these guys tonight? And how many times have we already seen them? Uh, I think it's been like 847 times. Yeah, in 46 and minutes. I'm done. <laughs> yeah, it's like the show can't exist without these two. <laughs> it was like such a weird combination to give this much TV time to. Way too much. I cannot. You know, and, yeah, Gilbert even, and then like, I mean, they put over Arquette, like that's their big talk. Like, they made <laughs> David Arquette a, a wrestler. Um, which is a better idea than putting a wig on Kurt Angle. That's his whole – that's what he stands by right there. Right. So stupid. Uh, America's Most Wanted comes out, and they're going to fucking murder the hot shots. You can tell already. Mm-hmm. And this is where I started really thinking about, like, there's just so many matches on this show that just happen, and I forget about them. Because when I was watching this, I you know, normally I told you guys that, like, I have to take a break usually. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I didn't. I watched this one straight. And when I was watching this match, I couldn't remember what the previous match was. I literally had to look. I was like, what? Oh, yeah, New Church, Diamond. Like, it's just, oh, what is ha-? Like, And I wasn't really tired. I was just so – there's just so much being thrown at my face, right? Mm, I hate it when stuff gets thrown at my face, but I know what you mean. But, I mean, I feel like AMW has been around, like, long enough to – you kind of – know what to expect from them and then the hot shots come in and you haven't seen them in forever so what the hell oh, 
yeah, I was happy for this match to happen because mm-hmm. I, I really like America's Most Wanted and mm-hmm. the Hot Shots I remember being fine. Like, West then shows his vast knowledge of the roster because he goes, the Hot Shots are the second team signed by Sex after Triple X. So does he, he just hate the Harris Twins too? Maybe he doesn't see them as a team, just as one person. Just one Nazi. Like, we just see double because we're so angry we're on the screen. One of them is the line on the symbol each. <laughs> One is the one Z, the other is the other Z. <laughs> um, the dark, the darker-haired hotshot has some weird shit all over his chest. JT, what's on his chest? <sighs> Maybe it's Maybelline. <laughs> Might Maybelline. be Maybelline. Uh, Chris Harris looking really slick with all his offense. I find mm. his offense looks great. And then I look closer, and it looks like it's like on the hotshot's chest. It looks like mashed-up gummy worms. Like it, it got stuck there. Like he was eating them earlier in the day and they fell down his shirt and he forgot. And then they were there, but he can't get it off. So he scrubbed it, but there's still that residue goo. That sounds oddly specific. Aaron. <laughs> well, it's cause I let, I have these cubes that I use for a show and, uh, uh, um, they have this little tiny slot for a handle, but one of the actors last year put a gummy worm in there and I can't fucking get it out. And they're in my garage, and there's chipmunks in my garage. And my fear is that a chipmunk's gonna go in and not be able to get out, and then there's gonna be a, I'm gonna be carting a dead chipmunk to all these schools. Wow. Is James Storm a Tennessee cowboy or a dirt road cowboy? A Tennessee dirt road cowboy. Okay. I feel like he has a lot of moves that go with his ovular chin. Okay, his moves are ovular. Yes, like if they made a live action Humpty Dumpty, I feel like he should be the one playing Humpty. His face is like an egg, a perfect egg shape. <laughs> Doing the Jenny, Humpty dance. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Jenny, how are the horses gonna help put an egg back together? <laughs> with glue. With You'll glue, Aaron. <laughs> is that what it is? Yes. <laughs> He's like, all right, take the horses. Yeah. <laughs> this, this egg's more important than this animal that we ride everywhere. No, no. Put the living, breathing egg back together instead. <laughs> the stupid – we told that stupid fucking idiot not to climb on that wall. We're like, dude, you're literally an egg. <laughs> Scratch your face wrong. You're going to bust your face open. But no, you had to climb a fucking wall. Get the horse, put it in the factory. We need to fix this guy. He's like the the, the kingdom mascot. <laughs> White. Mm-hmm. Why is everything? It's, it's the problem with the show. Everything, like, I'm mad about an egg. I'm mad about a, a, a living, breathing egg. And we'd all. If See, this, I just don't feel like that's TNA's fault, Aaron. I think it is. If this guy, if this egg came to life and we cared about it enough to to put men and kings like on his rebuilding, we'd be fucking thrilled by his very presence. That's what happens when you're a dirt road cowboy. Yeah. Fuck, if he fell in the dirt road, he'd be impossible to put back together. Uh, Storm has has the match won, but Gilberti interferes. Uh, Eight second ride by Storm, America's most wanted wins. Jenny, should Russo fire these bums? Yeah, fire him. Fuck them. He'd take a ride. We call that a Criscola. <laughs> hey JT, what are Sanders and Gilberti adding to this act? Uh, they're detracting from every act, which is the problem. 
Like, they actively... It feels like... I mean, I guess this is legitimate, but it feels like... You had a bunch of seniors running, like, a successful program or, like, maybe senior management. Like, people retired or left, and the new class graduated up but aren't nearly as good, but they're the only ones there to be in charge. Like, or they just feel like kids got a shot to do something that they're not, like, equipped to do. That's what it feels like. Ooh, harsh. Like, they're not equipped to lead a major heel st- stable of a, you know, premier wrestling promotion with tons of TV time. They just don't have like, – like, they, they, and part of it's admirable, right? That they're trying to give these guys a shot, like to do this, but they're just not good at it. No. And the sad thing is, Gilberti's better than Sanders, and he makes him look better because Sanders is so bad. And yeah, I actually think Gilberti wouldn't be as bad if they weren't so obsessed with the shoot nonsense. Yeah, and they didn't have the stupid titles and like. Yeah, it's it's all it's like even just hearing the crap they were parroting in that interview. This is all the Russo talking, but like just that shoot style makes Gilbert even more intolerable. And Sanders just isn't entertaining. Like he's just he's trying too hard. That's Sanders' problem because he's lacking. He's above. He's not even above average. No, uh, it's better than wrestling though. I ain't trying to see them in no matches. I don't know. I'd rather just see them dead. Mm, well, there's that. And neither neither one of them are dead yet, right? Sadly, I don't think so. No, the thing, too, is it's not like they, they, there aren't people in the promotion that can talk. Like, you have R-Truth doing nothing. Mm. I will say modern-day Gilberti definitely probably skews my view of his performances. I'm not saying it's good, but, like, that doesn't help. What do you mean? Like, I just think he's, like, an asshole now, you know? Oh, okay, I see. See, I never minded him as the WCW jobber. No, he was fine. That's when he was at his best. It was, like... Pre-Wolfpack Disco. Scott Hall, Kevin Nash, Disco Inferno. Yeah, once he became Disco, like Cisco, that was that was it. Yeah. Uh, but I like the match. Um, I went three and a quarter on the match. I thought it was pretty fun, like all the bullshit aside. But America's Most Wanted is like such a safe bet to have a, a solid to very good match every week. Yeah, I don't know. I was a little bit let down on this one, and I, I would I would lay that on the hot shots though. But uh, overall, just fine enough. Two and three quarter stars. I went three and a quarter. I, I liked it quite a bit. It was a lot of energy and offense. I thought it was actually the best the hot shots I've looked at in a while. Um, I like the teases uh, down the hot. Haven't seen them in six months. Down the end, are you sure? They've had a great uh, few weeks. Um, good to see uh, the sex goose fuck up for once too. So that was good. So I, I liked it. And like you said, AMW is always a safe bet for something good. Yeah. So we cut back to someone who is getting better at talking. Sonny Siaki's with Goldie. And the first thing he says is, what's important is Sonny Siaki is the ace in the hole. Which I think is such a strange catchphrase. But because he's such a stupid character, it works for me. <laughs> he then calls the Harris's Tweedledee and Tweedle. Hey, Tweedledee and Tweedledum. Which I love. <laughs> then he's like, I'm going to take care of 200-year-old Vader and Dusty. Then he shits on the hot shots and their stupid chests. And then Siaki's like, what? Like Raven passes him by. And uh, Siaki's like, what the hell is a House of Horrors match? I don't know. Like, like none of this made any sense. Mm. But it felt like. It felt like the, the right kind of chaos. Jenny, do you love the Sunny Siaki segments or hate them? Um, I don't love them as much as you do, Aaron. Uh, but this is funnier. Like, 
I like his um his like bloated sense of ego since uh Vince or since Russo's like you get to be <laughs> the the head ace or whatever the fuck um when I'm not around. Which I mean, but he has no like he he can't get anybody to do anything, so it doesn't really fucking matter what <laughs> Russo told him. Um, but yeah, this is fun to watch. Um, and yeah, anytime you call the Harris's Tweedledee and Tweedledum, it's yeah, funny. It's pretty funny. And you're on their side, like he's yeah. technically right. like they're on this. I like these like I think he's funny in these segments because yeah. he's is like he's such a fucking lame ass, but like he thinks he's so cool. Mm-hmm. And this is what like to me this works because he's not trying too hard because he's just a fucking goof. Like yeah. <laughs> it's like Sanders is over there working his ass off trying to be funny, like or try to be whatever he thinks he's trying to be. And then you just see Aki come out effortlessly, effortlessly, just play this aloof nut, you know, nut, and it just works so well. Like, you know, you got an easy match with 600-year-old Dusty Rhodes. Like, it's such a stupid <laughs> fucking comment, but it's just, he delivers it so effortlessly. It's funny. It's just yeah. like, yeah. Like, it's, if I were Sanders, like, I'd be pissed watching it because I'm like, fuck. Like, like uh, he's just like, uh, see, Aki doesn't look like he's even trying. And it's, it's just his natural personality to be just out there. And Sanders just, just doesn't have that natural ability. Yeah, it's like there's all this stuff going on around him, Siaki, and he, it's almost like he can't keep up with it. Right. Yeah, he's just like this. completely underwater. Yeah. Yeah. And I, it's exactly that, too, that I love that, like, he's bossing everyone around, but no one listens to him or respects him. Right. But it doesn't, him. But right. it doesn't fade him because he's clinging to, like, I'm the ace in the hole. Yeah. Which is which is such a stupid thing. And decade. he fucks up Raven's match because of the House of Horrors match. Yeah. <laughs> He what is that? The next of his bullet bob was. <laughs> and then Raven just walks away and says, go, you go to wash your hands. I don't know. It's just it's so fucking stupid. But he's like one of my favorite parts of the show. I just, I, I can't get enough. I, just, I think he's hilarious. And I, I don't think he's even trying to be. I think he's just a fucking idiot. Yeah, like I could do more segments of him trying to, like, just trying to deal with boss these guys around. So this is what I mean is that, like, they devote so much time to Sanders and Gilberti. But, like, I'd much rather have more Sonny Siaki on this show. Oh, 100%. Yes. Although I'm wondering if he's on more, would it become overbearing? Probably not as much as Sanders. Um, no, but maybe. And Gilberti, but there's a chance, like, his act works in these little spurts because it's just ridiculous. We only see it mm-hmm. a couple times, though. True. That's true. So Raven's out, and his big X Division uh, challenger is... Julio De Niro, <laughs> which feels weird because like AJ Styles is fighting the Sandman and they're like, you're going to fight an X Division guy. So they debut him with a, a guy like they, they make him fight a guy who's debuting. Yeah, it's a little uneven there, huh? Where the fuck is Jerry Lynn to fight him? <laughs> <laughs> um, but I think this is actually kind of interesting because I think mm-hmm. the match is kind of interesting. And I think the the commentators do a good job of selling the story that De Niro's fast and Raven is struggling to keep up. Right. Which I like. Um, JT, is this a, hor- a House of Horrors match, though? No, this is not the House of Horrors match. Okay. Um, De Niro messes up a spine buster early and lands his elbow straight to Raven's Dwayne the Rock Johnson. Mm-hmm. <laughs> also, I say it that way because that's what my nine-year-old is referring to his penis as now. <laughs> oh. He doesn't even like wrestling anymore. Like, like, he's like, I don't want people to see my Dwayne the Rock Johnson. <laughs> oh my god. No. I like, uh, I do like how De Niro has the generic Spanish wrestler music. It's yeah. like TNA has fallen into that. 
old school WCW Dirty F, like all the Japanese guys get the Orient Express music type thing. It's like all the Spanish guys get the generic Spanish music they got. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> De Niro nails the ref and we get a visual pin on Raven for some reason. And then for some reason, AJ comes down to help. Then De Niro takes a great DDT on the top of his head. Mm-hmm. And the crowd is making this weird negative sound like at the finish. Like, oh, JT, was this a good debut for De Niro? I, I thought so. Um, I, I think it looked pretty solid going in there against Raven because this is kind of a tough uh, spot to come into as well. And because Raven hasn't done much of this, but I actually like this overall concept that they did tonight with Raven having to fight AJ's kind of a match and AJ getting his match. So I actually thought it was a cool through line that they're giving. Um, you know, nothing was crazy, but I thought I had some decent power speed spots and Raven showing some shift in personality and style too. So he's growing. So I went two and three quarters. I, I thought this is pretty good. I like the finish too. The DDT um, was look good. Jenny, what kind of cancer would Raven be? Cancer AIDS, obviously. Oh, okay, good. <laughs> um, I actually like right. this one. I actually like this <laughs> one. Um, it, it did not give me cancer AIDS. Uh, but I gave it two and three quarter stars. I like the ref bump and uh, I like that DDT, DDT as well. Um. AJ coming out was kind of disappointing. I don't know. That's why the crowd made that noise at you so eloquently. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, fine. (laughs) If we have to. I like the match, too. It's fine. I'm at a two and a half. It was all right. Why is the sign for the astrological cancer a crab? I think that's what it looks like in the constellation. Does Why is it called give you crab? Cancer? Do they? I don't know. Like if you copulate with a crab, do you get cancer? Probably. Or pregnant. Get Dwayne the Rock Johnson cancer. <laughs> Goldie is in the back interviewing Conan. And I love that Conan's do-rag matches his shirt. I think that's fucking incredible of him to do that. <laughs> Why? Uh, ah, it's nice. You know, you don't see that kind of cohesion a lot among mm-hmm. anybody, really. We should have a storyline around this do-rag then. Okay, so I wrote this. Now, was this – did this happen? I wrote, he wants her to suck his dick. Mm-hmm. Did he say that? Um, I, don't, I, didn't, I don't have that note. <laughs> he, he said something about uh, you should get down on your knees if you know what I mean or something. Oh, yes. So okay. I guess so. Bow yeah, okay, down good. or something like that. Uh, but he's brought the juice uh, to come in. So Juventud mm-hmm. Guerrero is there. And I think Conan I, – I, you know, it's weird. But like, I guess maybe it's maybe it's because he's compared to Gilberti and Sanders. But I think he looks really good here as this in this role. Oh, I love, I I think he's one of the best parts of the show, honestly. Like yeah. this storyline feels realistic to me. It's one of the best storylines I've going on because it's not the usual like it wasn't a straight ripoff of like the LWO or this stuff. Because right, this is kind of was a thing around this time. I think the slant they've taken on is actually really interesting with him feeling that the X division is liberally ripping off Lucha style wrestling without crediting any of it. And that holding up Lynn is this, you know, King of X style or whatever, mm-hmm. or legend of X style is completely overlooking the inspiration of where he got for this style of wrestling. So Conan is pissed and he's basically like, well, you know, this should be me or at least getting the credit for this. And, and, and all the other, you know, luchadors, and instead, it's Lynn. It's just another gringo taking credit. So I think it's actually a good story. Plus, Conan's a really good talker. Like He's always been a good talker. So mm-hmm. him as a manager, 
leading a, a stable of guys like Juve Guerrera to me is way more interesting than Conan wrestling. Yeah, is he? I was thinking about this, JT. Is he the the manager that Ted DiBiase should have been? If he had a little more class, yes. Yes, I guess. I guess if he had. Well, he does. He matched the do rag to the shirt. So. Oh, that is very classy. Yeah, I love too that at the end of the speech he gets fired up and uh, Hoovy slaps Goldie's ass on the way out because <laughs> so, we have to abuse her. Um, Hoovy of course comes out to smooth. <laughs> they all have to come out too. Of course. And he's fighting I Lynn. Have a question, real quick. Yeah. So like, <laughs> he wants like the cred, the cred. It's like what what could Jerry Lynn be actively doing to credit the people that he wants? credited like does he have to sign off every match like i learned this from this guy like i don't understand like does he just want like words what is it like he wants a letter he wants to sign document like <laughs> what kind of cred does well, he mean street cred i don't know where we were there with cultural appropriation because if it was today he would want him to stop wrestling in that way Right. I think he just wants Lynn to admit and give the credit that. I feel like Lynn is the kind of guy who would do such a thing and has. Well, he done. hasn't yet, though. Not really. Well, I mean, he's been defensive of the X Division, but also he's a respectful guy. He's not a douche, and he hasn't said anything like "fuck those guys." I'm still nothing that I recall, but you know. Yeah, well, what's Conan really done? He's just trying to prove that they can beat him. Okay. Right. I don't think Conan's been like an aggressive asshole either. Mainly, like he just keeps trying to prove that. Well, he used to, his first two appearances were coming out and beating people yeah, down was, with a stick. Yeah, he was fairly aggressive. Yeah, but I mean, pardon me. With Lynn directly, like once he's articulated his stance, you know. Mm-hmm. Well, did he beat up Lynn with a stick also? I don't remember. Too much stuff happened. <laughs> See, we can't remember shit. What's happened here? Uh, uh, Jenny, should Hoovy have kept his face behind the mask? Mm, nah, I don't think so. What nah, do you he's, think? A pretty, he's a decent looking guy, yeah, I think. pretty handsome. Uh, Lynn comes out to new music again. I just wish he'd pick a song. Ah, it's constant. <laughs> pick Let's one. Pick a Sugar Ray song. <laughs> Every morning I am Jerry and then I'm walking and I don't know how to use my arms. I do the rock sign and I bend down on one knee and my face looks like I had a stroke. <laughs> oh, did you guys notice that the smooth song now had lyrics too? Yes. <laughs> what were they? I don't know. Oh. <laughs> I just wish we could get back to Flying Elvis uh, fucking Three Doors <laughs> Down song. That's what I want back. Um, Superman. <laughs> was is is uh, JT is Hoovy trying to reclaim the Juice nickname after OJ Simpson sullied it? I think he had already done that. Yeah, I guess he'd kind of regained it. I guess. Yeah. OJ sullied it. That was like ninety four, ninety five. And the juice was like 98, 99, 2000. So, hmm. Uh, Tanae then calls. Locked uh, again. What? You're schmocked again. Well, that wait, that doesn't mean that he actually he actually reclaimed it. You like he could be in the process again. of rehabilitating it. Fucking schmocks. All right. Uh, they start the fight. Tanae is like, this is a great opening sequence. I never want to hear the word sequence in a fake fighting show. Oh. 
really bothers me. Um, and, and I like if they were going to do this luchador thing with Lynn, which I actually really like. I, like I, I, I'm on board with you, JT, that I think it's probably one of the better storylines. I don't understand why they also made him the number one contender for the X Division title a couple weeks ago. Right. Like, why wouldn't you do that to elevate somebody else? Anyway, the crowd is all in on juice, and um, Hoovy hits a flip to the outside. Uh, Tanae is like, Keith Mitchell in the truck, please show this again. <laughs> is Keith Mitchell- we need a replay. Yeah, we need it. Uh, like, is Keith Mitchell James Mitchell's father? Son, probably. It's his son? Yeah. No, yeah, he could be the founder it's- of the church. Yeah. Yes. The old man in the church that every woman has to be married to. <laughs> <laughs> TNA, uh, TNA, TNA, today, uh, he says Russo made Hoovy his broadcast partner at WCW, even though he only knew eight words of English. <laughs> that was pretty I would argue that, that Hoovy <laughs> was one of the best announcers in WCW toward the end. I, I wish he was the lead announcer of this show. <laughs> Can we get him on the mic during his own match? Hoovy and Don West. I'll be good with that. Do it. Um, after a bunch of pin reversals, Lynn finally wraps him up and wins. Now, JT, we talked kind of talked about this, but does this does this feel at all like the first real X Division feud that has like 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 a juicy personal aspect to it? Um, I think Lynn and uh, AJ did early on. Yeah, I guess they were fighting at gas stations and shit. Yeah, yeah that felt personal because AJ was kind of the cocky up and comer. Lynn was the the veteran trying to hold a spot kind of thing. So I, I would say these two have been the only two really. Hmm. Yeah. I think that's like the weak point of the division as much as I love it. It's like, mm-hmm. I wish there were more storylines like this involved in it. Yep. The good thing is though, the matches are good enough where at least it helps, right? Like if the matches were kind of shaky and no story that would hurt. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Je- Jenny, do you want Hoovy to stick around? Yeah, I'd love Hoovy to stick around. I don't, I don't expect that at all, but yeah, that would be fantastic. Hmm. Yeah, because for me, like this is an easy three and a half star match, and I could definitely oh, yeah. deal with more of those. Yeah, I mean, I, I thought Hoovy was looked great here. The crowd was super into him too. Uh, big Hoovy chant during there. There was a hot flurry. Uh, a lot of you know big near falls down the stretch, and it all made sense. Like none of them were forced. No big bombs. Just a bunch of clean combos. Into the finish. Uh, so I thought this was a great hidden gem, honestly. Uh, it, it worked really well within the story. It wasn't, no, you know, not, not a lot of bullshit, though. It was clean, hard wrestling. It threaded. Offense was good. The selling was good. There's some big spots. It was organized. I, and I thought Hoovy looked great. Like, him sticking around as Conan's in-ring guy would have been perfect. So I went three and three quarters on this. I really, really liked it a lot. What do you mean would have? Wow. Is, is he going away? No, I mean if he does. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, okay. Um, to me, like these Jerry Lynn defends um, his own honor matches against uh, this. I would assume that Conan would bring a prominent person back for a while um, to challenge Jerry Lynn. And that's what we're going to be doing for a little bit with him. I, I don't know if that's going to continue or not, but it feels like. A bunch of exhibition matches that actually has a good storyline. So I I don't hate that. So I gave it three and a half stars. Yeah. Good storyline. And I want to see where it goes. Um, I'm waiting for the point where Lynn turns to them and goes like, is it all culture stolen from somewhere? Right. Yeah. 
Maybe we won't get that. But Conan's got some great intensity in the post-match argument with Hoobie. Mm-hmm. Like, he's furious. And I, Conan's just great. Like, I, I'm, I'm really enjoying watching him. Like, he's really a boon to the show, which, again, highlights that, like, when you're stuck with Gilberti and Sanders, it's like, oh, like, there's there are people on this show that can talk and could carry these type of segments, but they're not being used in that way. Right. Goldie's in the back with Sunny Siaki again, and she just wants to know with Russo's back, can we not just be happy that Russo's gone? And I just love that. He's like, I don't know, but I am the ace in the hole. <laughs> He's the best. He's like, who's Russo? Yeah, yeah. look, I'm the ace in the hole. And then Plumtree shows up and is like, I need to talk to Vince Russo. <laughs> and Sunny Siaki goes, don't call us, we'll call you. <laughs> and by the end of the segment... Goldilocks, Jenny, does she have a right to look fucking exhausted? Yes. I wish she would start just kneeing people in the balls, honestly. I want like, TNA to ultimately end with Goldie, like, burning everything to the ground. <laughs> fucking Goldie uh, stabbing Bullet Bob until he dies. Exactly, yes. Like, what a th- – she has the most thankless job I've ever seen out of anyone mm-hmm. in, on Earth, maybe. Well, she gets this Conan slapping her ass and Jarrett throwing her around. <laughs> Sunny Siaki not, not even looking at her, like talking past her questions. Uh, so AJ's out. Z- zero, and I mean zero reaction this week for the Sandman's music. And Yeah, it's kind of sad. Um, yeah, and then Saturn. Well, we'll get to Sandman. Sandman then goes over to the stripper and molests her and then forces a kiss on her. Yeah. Je- Jenny, was the lollipop necessary to get the taste out of her mouth? <laughs> yes. Uh, it, like I, I just can't imagine. Like I guess I can't imagine what he tastes like. Ugh. It's like beer, coffee, cigarettes, and like ass like, and peaches. <laughs> and peaches. Ass and peaches. Or peaches ass. <laughs> he definitely eats ass, right? Yeah, but some the person that probably just shit out peaches. Right. Which is why you get. Um, I'm sorry, I hate the Sandman. <gasps> what? I hate why? him. So context, I've never wa- really watched him except for the tail end of ECW. So this is kind of my first I, I hate it. You gotta well, see, I was never like I didn't really I was kinda ambivalent on him, honestly. Um I didn't care either way. But watching the ECW Sandman play out, I've become a fan. Because yeah. he's way more than you would think. Like, mm-hmm. I always heard about him and just assumed, all right, he's swung the cannonball. But he was actually, like, those couple years at ECW, like, where he was kind of, before he completely broke down, he's way more, does way more in the ring than you would expect. Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe. Like, I, I'd buy that. I'd buy that if I watch it. But, like, watching this now, it's like, if you, for me, if you didn't know who he was, you would think he's just a fan who ran into the ring. I think most people knew who he was, but yeah. yeah. But, but but you get what I mean, right? Yeah. Like if you're showing wrestling to someone and, you, and for some reason, for some insane reason, you choose this show. <laughs> like, I'm going to sell you on wrestling. Here's this show. Like you're going to think Sandman is not part of the show, right. I think. And like he's doing his whole thing and Styles puts an end to the bullshit by flipping out of the ring and fucking yeah. leveling him. Yeah. And right away I'm like this is going to end with Raven involved, right? Like there's no way. And they start by chain wrestling, and I, I you know, I got to give Sandman some credit. It must be really hard to chain wrestle when you're hammered. Yes. Well, he's made a, I mean, a he's life. He's very good at it. Yeah. <laughs> Someone drives him home at the end of the night, right? You need to just finally give in and watch ECW. 
I, yeah, I will. Just... I will. When I get some time, I will. Between watching this and a thousand Royal Rumbles, <laughs> uh, Sandman takes a very long time I to mean, set up. We can up get a... rid of Sousa anytime on th- through a dance if you want. It. <laughs> wow, <laughs> that's harsh. Uh, is it because is he colorblind? Is that? Yes. Yeah, I mean, he can't see the blood. <laughs> he doesn't know what it is. What is that? Is that is milk? Black and white. Like Why dog. is the guy coming from his head? <laughs> um, Sandman takes a long time to set up a table between the rail and the ring. Jenny, describe describe Jeremy Borash's emotional state as he screamed at the crowd to back up. <laughs> Frantic. It's really terrified. violent. Yes. I think he's probably like one of those guys. He's like the only one that is actually like worried about stuff like maybe a fan getting hurt and no one else cares. And he like feels the responsibility to take it all on himself. Like, oh, my God, someone's going to get hurt. No one cares. Babysitter Borash. That's what they call him. He doesn't want a lawsuit. Uh, For what? TNA, if a fan gets killed out there. Oh, okay. I thought you said he just won a lawsuit. No, no, he just (laughs) doesn't want a lawsuit. Um, a great spot where Styles gets smashed into a chair in the corner. Like I thought that was really kind of sick. But of course the ref needs to get bumped. Then Raven just waltzes in, hits the Sandman with a chair, and then top rope Styles clash for the win. <sighs> Jenny, not to do the pun, but how much of a Styles clash was AJ Styles versus the Sandman? I kind of enjoyed uh, AJ's attempt at hardcore style mm-hmm. here. Um. Because, I mean, he's a fucking really good wrestler, and him interrupting Sandman's whole entrance, that is a whole mood. Like, you don't fuck with that, because his entrance is, like, part of his whole deal. Like, it's always, you know, a a huge deal. Most people do not accost him before he gets to the ring to do his whole thing. So, AJ just being real attitudinal and flipping the fuck over (laughs) the rope and just knocking him down was, like, unexpected and pretty badass on this part. Um, But, I mean, and then he tries to do the trash can. Like, he um, tries to lean into the hardcore style. He brains Sandman with the trash can when he throws it in the ring. Um, I liked when Sandman escaped from the Styles Clash with the cane. Uh, they call that out as something that they don't ever see, and I don't think I've ever seen anything like that. So, um, I, I I liked it. I mean, I've, I don't like Raven running in, but I mean, I guess you kind of had to, um, based on what AJ did last. Uh, so I gave it three stars. Yeah, I I liked AJ going hardcore too because it's something we haven't really seen at all, like him in a weapons match or anything like that. So that was different. He does almost kill Sandman with that Styles Clash off the middle mm-hmm. rope. Uh, that almost ended badly. But again, I thought this was pretty fun. I mean, I, to me, AJ's so good. He made it feel different. He played into the story. And the way he stuck and moved and Sandman just kept bringing the heat with the weapons, that was good. Like, I've been critical of some of the wannabe ECW-style brawls of TNA without the heat and emotion. But I do think this um, this has had this match had some of that, and Sam and it brings it maybe a little bit more than others. So I went three stars. So I, I actually I enjoyed this quite a bit. I like seeing AJ branch out and do something different, right? We sat here and talked a lot about, oh, it feels the same, him and Lynn, and this and that. So this was something different mm-hmm. to do with AJ. And it makes him feel like more of a main event guy than just like an X guy. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I like the storyline a lot. And I agree with both of you to a degree, too, because, like, I just – I really hate the Sandman, which is why I'm only at two and a half. But I feel I, like he might win you over. I mean, I don't know how long he's going to stay in here, but 
he might win you over. I don't think he'll win me over on this show. I, I mean, I, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe. Like I'm, I'm willing to have my mind changed on it, but like, yeah, and I think you're gonna need like peak ECW Sandman, yeah, storyline stuff to. I did really, really like the storyline with both of them. I like to see with this match, I love the beginning and I love how aggressive AJ was mm-hmm. at the start. Mm-hmm. But then I found it stopped. And I, I think that's I, that's kind of where my where my disinterest comes from. That it's well, like, oh, this is something different. Oh, actually it's not. Well, he went through a table, you know, like that was pretty different. Yeah, the but Kane's it, different. It wasn't the moves or the things they did. It was there was a different intensity. Like that first jump out was like there was like this recklessness to it. Mm-hmm. And it, it was an intensity thing as opposed to they're doing tables and canes. Because we've seen him go through tables. We've seen him in all these kind of weird situations. Right. But I like that he was – it felt like he was in a fight at the start and then that kind of went away. That's how I felt about it anyway. I think what I like too about Sam and Raven is they're not – TNA has tended to do the lazy like – assuming everyone knows everything from other promotions type of stuff. And I feel like they're not leaning on that as much with Sam and Raven. Like they're kind of talking about their past, but they're creating a new story here versus just like rehashing that. Mm-hmm. Yes. Which would have been the lazy thing for them to do, which would have been standard TNA, right? Like, yeah. In Philadelphia, <laughs> when you did this, right? Like there was a little of that, but they, they're also trying to make it personal here versus just leaning on a story from years ago. Yes, that's a very good point. The only thing is, is that then they kind of go the opposite way in this next little section because they're there to hype next week. And it's a house of clockwork, orange, Raven and Sandman. And Tanae goes, can you imagine Raven and Sandman? Uh, Yeah, yeah, that was cringy. So, yes, but also that. Uh, And then Raven comes out and he's mad they got it wrong. He's like, it's called Raven's Clockwork Orange House of Fun Match. (laughs) I love Jenny, that. Is, that. is that way too long for a title? No, it's, it's extremely extra, and I really, really love it. And you should say every word of that title every time you mention this match. Wes saying a house of clock rock, clockwork cars matches great. <laughs> it's, it's so many words. Um, then he, he goes on. He says Sandman has a hard on for his crucifixion. Mm-hmm. Then he's like, originally, this only existed in my head. But it, so he talks about the, the the house, the Ravens Clockwork Orange House of Fun match, and he goes, "This was originally an, only existed in my head." JT, is that an apt description for every idea that's ever occurred? <laughs> only in his head. Yeah. Well, I guess some a, people put the ideas in paper. Like he just said, it's only been in his head. It's never yeah, even been on a piece of paper or discussed orally. Yeah, but 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 it. But he says it originally this only existed. Every idea only exists in the head originally. I guess. But it sounds like he meant for like a while. It's always it's just been in my head for a while. Sure. Could he have maybe just said now that? I'll bring it to life. I'll bring it yeah. to life now. So then he's he's quote saying some more shit. He quotes Virgil and not the good one. And then he has to, like the name of the match is so long that he has to breathe in between it. <laughs> Ravens clockwork. <sighs> Orange, it's a fun match. Like, it's too long. Cop Hell in a cell. Money in the bank. Like, I just want to work. And imagine me praising these matches now. Yep. Anyway, sentimental music now for a dusty package. And, like, it's this fucking teary-eyed sentimental music. It's just the same shot of him walking down the ramp. <laughs> now we're going to get everything. Now they show Koloff. Jenny, where is Koloff? Is he in the gulag? I think so. 
Is gulag an offensive word? I, I don't think so. I mean, I thought it was just like a location. Yeah, but it, it, I don't know if it's not, offensive, but I think it could be like triggering. Yeah, like if if I was joking and said, you know what I'm gonna do to you? Send you straight to the gulag. Why is it triggering? Well, millions of people well, died at the gulag. Right, right. Like, so if I, if I were to say like what I'm gonna do to you straight to the gulag, is that offensive or triggering? No. What if I called it a moolag instead? <laughs> I'd be like, what the fuck's a moolag? Well, then I'd be like, it's a nonsense word for a prison. But I didn't want to, I didn't want to create the image of Stalin murdering 80 million people, so I said moolag instead. <laughs> yep. Oh. The Harrises are out. I would and... never put those two together because they don't <laughs> run at all. The Harris moolag, gulag, moolag. Harris's are out. I imagine they're going to have to carry Dusty Invader, which is not <laughs> encouraging for me. Carry. Yeah, come on. <laughs> they're not carrying them. Oh, they're strong Nazis. They could carry. <laughs> Triggering. Dream Invader come out to fucking Mumford, Son- Mumford and Sons. I don't know what that music was. <laughs> um, I do not like Vader not wearing those gloves. I don't like seeing his bare hands. No? Why? no do you just, are like... you afraid of the feelings you get seeing them? Yeah. What are those hands going to do to me? <laughs> what a weird match on paper. Vader and Dusty Rhodes versus the Harris Twins. And in actual function. I thought it was an interesting note that Siaki and Desire trained in Dusty's TCW. Yeah. And Dusty then shits on Siaki and threatens to ass paddle or pound Desire. Which one is it that he's going to do? It wouldn't be the first time. Maybe. Uh, Vader, I thought, was looking good early with big splash over the head, belly to belly. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then they showed Truth in the crowd looking pissed off. Mm-hmm. Jenny, why was the Truth surrounded by children? <laughs> Those are his children. <laughs> little yeah. Jimmy. Were they adopted? <laughs> little Jimmy. Yeah, he adopted all those little children. He takes them all everywhere those, he goes. All those little Jimmys. Yeah. He Jimmy one, everyone. Jimmy two, and so on. <laughs> Uh, they, they 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 announced that Cody Rhodes just won the Georgia State Championship of wrestling, and then he would later found a company and smartly not hire Mike Tanay, which I was still <laughs> always grateful for. I want to repeat history. Yes. <laughs> Dusty's jumped on the outside. He gets busted open. Ace in the hole is talked about. <laughs> I I do like that Dusty can still sell. Yeah. Like he does a good job of selling like lightheadedness, which I think you could really easily overdo. And then Siaki runs in and we get the Harris is disqualified. <laughs> were, you, were you surprised, JT, when the announcers cheered Dusty Rhodes taking off his belt to whip them when they hated when Vince Russo did it? I had that same thought, but go ahead. The fantasy football going out of control. <laughs> no, no, sorry. I thought you were asking, Jenny. J names. Anyway, yes, I was like, why is this different when Dusty does it and when Russo does it? I was thinking the same thing. Yeah. How did how did the spanking make you guys feel? Uncomfortable. Warm. I mean, horrified. It's the age difference makes it feel weird. <laughs> That's the only thing that makes you feel weird about it. Well, then it's just erotica. Otherwise. I guess. Well. Um, 
when Vin- when Russo does it as Erotica. Look, I didn't mind this match. I didn't hate it. I went two stars. I guess I just am a sucker for Rhodes, but whatever. Who isn't, though? I went uh, star and three-quarter. I mean, I had his moments. The Harrises were fine, I guess, but just kind of boring overall and lame. Siaki plays the Stooge is good. Dusty was fun. Vader was fine. I'd use the Koloff. It just looks like a goof. Take of the elbow. I don't know. Um, so it, it was okay. Um. Yeah, agreed. Uh, what was Dusty and Vader going to do? I mean, they did probably the best that they could possibly physically do at this point. Dusty right. bleeds a lot, which is always great, um, and uses his elbow, which is always fun, too. And Vader, Vader's. So, yeah. but, you know, it's a star and a half for me. I just it's just a little less fun than I thought it could have been. I think it's because it's twinged with sadness. Mm. Is it because Dusty's head looks like the palm of my hand with all the blade marks in it? Yeah, that's part of the reason. And then right before he um, spanks old girl with the belt, he like licks his hand and like rubs her butt like in a weird way uh, that felt like a reflex reaction. Like I didn't think this through. Like this is what I usually do before I spank someone in the ass. So I just thought that was funny. Guess you wet your hand to get a more of a smack. It, I, yeah, I think. It's kind of like the chops. Yeah. Yeah, but only Trish ever really licked her hand for the tro- the chops. Well, Flair was. <laughs> Flair's hand has been in way too many places. Um, out jumps Nikita in a sports jacket and toque for some reason. I don't know why he's wearing those two things together. And then that's it. He just kind of ends. Yeah. And I think there's eight minutes left in this show, which to me feels like way too much time for the Vince Russo snuff film. Mm-hmm. We cut to we cut to Dak and Sandman's drinking with Simon Diamond and Swinger. And like they're criticizing Raven. They're like, oh, Raven's not a real guy. He went to the WWE. Didn't Sandman go to WCW? Yeah, Jim. <laughs> His Raven's neighbor Jim for, for for a bit, and then he was Hack. Yeah, and they call him Hack. Is his mm-hmm. real name Hack? It's actually Hack? His real name is Jim. Oh, okay, but they call him Hack. Uh, I think that was a reference to WCW. Bells. Uh, there's a big banner in the ring that says, Welcome home, Jeff. Look <laughs> at banner, Jeff. Um, and then a video starts to play, but it's a swerve. <laughs> and it's Vince Russo's kid shitting on him. And... I mean, of all the things we could talk about with this, right, <laughs> what bothers me the most is they call their own sister your daughter, daughter Annie. Annie. <laughs> yeah. Jenny, should they have repackaged Russo's sons as school shooters? <laughs> no, I think they pretty much already are. <laughs> no, I mean, not with guns, but like they're shooting, you know. <laughs> Put them in some trench coats and have them tell the truth out there. Yeah. Uh Russo's crying in the ring, and he gives a great line about his family. Goes, how dare you drag my family into this? And then he goes on (laughs) to tell you what the little shit didn't tell you about what kind of father I am. He let his kids play poker and stay up late. He calls his son a mop head. (laughs) He threatens to beat his children when he gets home. JT, why does he hate his own kids? 
<sighs> well, because they talk shit about him. They just want to spend some time with him. Well, that's what they do. They're they're not Russo gets no respect, Aaron. That's been his thing from the beginning. All he does is get blamed for shit that he didn't do, right. even though he did it all. <laughs> Jeff Jarrett comes out with a sex shirt. He's like, "Those boys used to be your life." Now he <laughs> named it, he named his kids Will and BJ. Who names his son BJ? If he's not a junior. But. Realize, and then I realized, oh, it must be VJ. It was VJ, yes. Oh, VJ. <laughs> that sounds worse. <laughs> well, at least it makes sense. Yeah. I guess it's a blowjob or a vagina, though. Like, no name on VJ. Vagina job. <laughs> and apparently, his wife pulled a shotgun on Russo. Then Russo runs in and beats the uh, Jarrett runs in and beats the <laughs> shit out of Russo. Mm-hmm. And then, Jenny, why the fuck is Brian Lawler back? Uh, <laughs> Here he is. No, I thought he was dead. Not yet. Did he not die yet? Shit. Another decade before he dies, I'm God. pretty sure. Sucks. JT, why the... <laughs> what the fuck is Eric Watts doing there? Oh, my God. Uh, it's Everyone's here. Uh, burlap sack, which is mentioned on, like, as though it's a character. <laughs> <laughs> it is. That's David Fuller's burlap sack. It's a character. It's been a character. Watts hits a great line. You will regret what you did to us. Regret. <laughs> <laughs> fucking Ken Kennedy uh, three years early. And then that last sound is that fucking Brian Lawler laugh. <laughs> yeah, over like the credits. <laughs> I thought the Jared parts of this were good, but Russo is completely off the fucking rails. Um, and Watts and Lawler just don't add much. Maybe. I don't know. We'll, we'll see where it goes, but. Uh, we'll see. We'll see how it plays out. But I don't know. Actually, I thought this episode was fine overall. Uh, the in-ring stuff was pretty good. Some exciting story stuff. If they could just dial back the Russo sex stuff just a bit, I think we could really get cooking at this point. Like, I think the talent is there. They're finally kind of figuring out what they want to be. It's just the shit with Sanders and Gilberti and Russo's kid. Like that stuff is just too much of the time. Disagree. I I I loved Vince's uh fucking promo on his kids. Um, uh, I don't know. I thought it was funny. Um, I don't know. Maybe I was just in a whole mood. Um, but I I mean Jarrett was fine, and I don't give a fuck about anybody else that showed up. So I don't know. I'm enjoying Vince on this little whatever the fuck he's doing. I'm not. I know. Uh, my best segment was definitely everything with Sonny Siaki. It's just too much, Russo. Like, yeah, like some of it may be fine and some of the individual segments, but it's like overbearing. And you can tell, I don't know, it's just like he's a guy telling you he's pretending, but it really is the truth. You know what I mean? Like, oh, this is just like a character storyline, but – like, you can tell he really feels this way about things that, mm-hmm. you know, he shouldn't be blamed. And the ratings were good. And he got hosed. It's just, mm-hmm. it's just so much about him. Well, it, it, he's not like a complimentary piece of the show. He's the show. And it's just when it's this much and then his supporting players are Sanders and Gilberti and like all that. Like, and I get it. He's like, I think he's just trying to give these guys a shot. Right. Like, again, his heart might be in the right place, but. He's just not understanding that it's not really what people want. Like, that's just the problem. 
Like, they don't want – and what's the problem with WDF? Going back to the the peak days, you know what I mean? Like, like people just didn't really want the insider – or maybe maybe the height of the Attitude WDF days, maybe a little bit. But by the time we get to WCW, like, that, that fan base didn't want this. They didn't want insider lingo and shoot promos and Mark Madden jerking off onto the table to, like, Russo mentioning the powers that be. And, like, all that stuff, like – that fan base was completely misunderstood. And I think that's part of it here too, a bit It's like that shit just isn't interesting. Maybe it was interesting for a year at some point, but not anymore. And now when it's him doing it, it's a fundamental misunderstanding of what made the attitude era work. Right. Like, because like it's a constant trying to rekindle that. Right. But the attitude era would not have worked without the foundation of Austin and McMahon. Because or compelling that was, stars that could talk and deliver well, and be have you know be magnetic and believable. Like you you believe Vince McMahon was the evil because he was the owner, right? It's not some weird like he's the creative director. You know what I mean? Like you know you knew the buck stopped with him. He had all those years of history and cachet where like he was kind of behind the scenes, but you didn't know. Plus you had Austin who was I mean Austin's one of the greatest of all time. Number one. Number two, he was believable as a character and grounded as a character. The characters had clear motivations. Like if you were to break down Russo's character, like there's no dramatic structure to it. Like what does his character want? What does his character want on the show? He wants right. to save wrestling. Right, but he's not even doing it in a way that preaches like what he's going to do. Like if, if he was, he should be just pushing for his guys, his young guys, get rid of the Harrises. His guys, like he should, his whole position should be my type of wrestling is the X division, and I'm right. going to show you that it's better, and I'm going to show you why it's better, and I'm going to win the, the world title from Jarrett because Jarrett's a relic of the old days. Right. Like th- that makes sense in a narrative. This whole like we have to bring Jarrett back to the fold and going mm-hmm. to his house and it's it, it's it's trying to blend all these things. Well, that that's wor- his buddy. They're friends. That's no, what he wants to is, combine it. But but then but then the the objective has to be to rekindle his friendship. See, I know this seems stupid, but like you could always believe Austin Stone Cold Steve Austin's objective was to be the world champion, mm-hmm. right? After climbing these things. Vince McMahon's uh, objective was to make as much money as possible and not have the company embarrassed, which is why he couldn't fire Steve Austin. He eventually did because he he got too angry, right? But that's why he didn't fire him right away because he knew he could make money with him. But he didn't want him to make the company look bad, so he had to control him. It's like these are the elements of a story that's grounded in realism. Bret Hart wanted to show that the United States was a disgusting, disgraceful place. He's right. (laughs) He can be. You know, like all of these characters, Andre the Giant wanted to win the world title because he was slighted. And he wanted some money. Yeah. It's it's all grounded. Macho Man wanted to beat the shit out of Hulk Hogan because he thought he banged his wife. Right. Like all of these great stories have a beginning, middle and end. And if you have a great story like Austin and McMahon, then you can have Val Venus getting his penis chopped off. And it doesn't matter because it's one small part of the show. But the problem with this is the whole show is this nonsensical thing that has no narrative structure. And I know I've used the word narrative structure way too much talking about wrestling, mm-hmm. but I, but I've, this has been one of my points about wrestling forever is that it needs to have a clear beginning, middle and end with characters with clear motivations. Well, it's, and it's, it's understanding your audience. Like 
that style may have worked because of Austin McMahon, but also because the WWF's main audience at that point was very clearly like teenage to 20 year old boys that had grown, had been Hogan fans and Federation era fans that became kind of disgruntled that were starting to rebel or, you know, early days of working where you really hate working and you're working shit jobs, or maybe you're a teenager and you're angsty with your parents and, Vince McMahon represented all that. Austin didn't, but it was cool to be insider and like be in on the gig and understand the snarkiness and that Jerry, like it's a, it's a talking point, but it's true, right? Like the Jerry Springer stuff and all that, because that was what the zeitgeist was at that time. What he didn't understand was that WCW's fan base um, was a mix of that, but also was built and grounded in a old school, wrestling first older fan mentality while the nwo was cutting edge and capturing the imagination um that was like that's what brought other people in on top of that base right but as that started to dwindle a little bit because wdf got so hot what russo didn't do was embolden the existing fan base he just did what he had been doing worse than what wdf was doing yeah so they weren't going to come back the the fans that were had switched from like that were into the nwo and all that that had kind of maybe back to the attitude over the dirty F weren't coming back. And then on top of it, he was pissing off the fans. The long-term fans had been there because they weren't into that. They wanted to see Southern style wrestling and Russo was just there mocking it and trying to bury it and shit on it. And like, so he just, he didn't hit any of the fan base. Well, and even, even you bring up the NWO as this kind of new thing, but the NWO is very much an old school wrestling angle until right. uh, to a point. But it's, but it's very cutting edge and cool and like all you know I mean like that's right part of but it. in the end it's a heel stable beating the shit out of guys right with a right. major turn you're right it's cutting edge and stuff but it's not like it's not like the, it's not like it was like uh, Crash TV no and at its height it was it was kind of what you just explained right like they were attacking tradition of WCW so even the older fans more grounded in that had clear faces to root for right Sting and Flair and the Horsemen and Luger yeah. and the like you know you kind of had this face camaraderie defending the product that they loved, right? That that fan base loved. It was old school WCW tradition and the NWO was against it. It's, it's kind of what you just said Russo should be doing here uh, in a way is what they were doing with the NWO in its infancy. Right. Yeah. And, and he, and, and again, maybe WCW is almost more egregious. And when I was doing WCW must die, that's how I was feeling. It's like, holy right. shit. Like they like see, see TNA almost gets a bit of a pass because like, as much as I want to shit on it, it's like, okay, but he's got Brian Lawler as his top. You know what I mean? Like, it's not really his fault, right? Like that he's got these, the guys that he has, but in WCW, he had everyone and still produced this kind of shit. Right. Right. Exactly. Anyway, the show was fine, I guess. (laughs) I didn't mind it. Like, I I don't know. I thought, um, I I thought it was fine. I I thought it was a, a, Again, a solid mix. If they just dial back some of the other stuff. Uh, for me, the best segment was the Russo opening promo. I thought Jenny, that had more good than bad. What was your best segment, Jenny? Um, Definitely uh, Russo uh, shitting on his kids. <laughs> I, I mean, that was a very like informative and intelligent wrestling conversation, and I enjoyed listening to it. But I'm a degenerate, and... I want to see people do fucked up shit. 
I could get on board with that. I think I think I would have been better with Vince Russo shitting on his kids if when that video ended, he didn't look so moved by what he had seen. Right. If it, it ended, felt, just, see, that's what I kind of like about it is because he knows he's an asshole. He can't stop being an asshole. Like he's going to continue to do that. But look, I feel kind of bad. Like I feel bad. Like my kids feel this way. But like, fuck those kids, you know. Yeah. Right, you, you know, could look at it some moment as like a defense to... mechanism because he doesn't want to show any weakness. That's what I'm saying. Like you said, you want clear cut this and that. I don't. I like the gray areas I think, and stupid bullshit. I think the problem is Russo's just not sympathetic. <laughs> like yeah. it's hard to like really feel bad for the guy. Um, he's he's not. I don't think he's bad, but he's not a good enough performer to get that nuance. Right. Like Vince McMahon. I mean, I don't want to keep comparing it to that, but like that's kind of who he's playing here, right? Even but Bischoff. See, that yeah, is but... even more interesting. You know what I'm saying? Like every little piece of like bull crap about him that he tries to make up for some other part of him, and he can't even do that right. You know, like, <laughs> like I want to be sympathetic. Like I have a point. Yeah, but like no, you're still a dick, and I don't know. It's just mm. it's just fun for me personally what's your worst segment on the show though um the, ugh, the end with watson muller <laughs> jt uh gilberti and sanders interview for sure yeah that's mine for sure who do you want to see more of cash amw oh. siaki and definitely hoovy and add to that list sandman and uh De Niro. I'd throw uh, Conan on that list too. Yeah. Uh, who do you want to see less of, Jenny? Um, Brian Lawler, <laughs> Eric Watts, Gilberti, all those fucks. I'd throw Sandman in there. <laughs> nope. I'd say uh, AJ Styles, terrible jokes, Gilberti and Sanders, <laughs> Russo, the child abuser, and Brian Lawler. <laughs> Anybody got a wild card? Uh, it's not about Vince Russo. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Our <laughs> truths uh, adopted children. Uh, any imposters, JT? Uh, Russo is 2000 Vince with these in the ring story promos like Vince used to tell, like kind of set the narrative and go through this long ass fucking story, try to weave it together and open the show. Right. OK. Um, any new appearances? Uh, let's see. This was, uh, what number episode? Hoovy. Four. Uh, okay, yeah. We had Julio De Niro, Juventud Guerrera, Will Russo, Vince Russo Jr., and Eric Watts. There you go. It's too bad. Like, I was right across from this in our spreadsheet. It has six as the top performer of week 18. Mm, Fuck, I wish he was still here. <laughs> uh, before we get to overall score, JT, what's going on in the North South Connection Podcast Network? Uh, lots of cool stuff that I'm super proud of and excited about. Uh, almost every day we have evergreen shows for you across wrestling and even a little bit beyond wrestling, too. Stuff like 90210 so going chronologically through Beverly Hills 90210, Second Print Comics, uh, kind of a, a menagerie of comic topics. And uh, from Squared Circle to Silver Screen, which is our movie podcast that talks about movies featuring wrestlers or about wrestling. Their newest one was looking at the David Arquette documentary from last year, and I thought they did a really nice job uh, breaking that down. That's the Cowboy and Crossland. Uh, But uh, again, tons of wrestling shows. We cover all different eras of wrestling. This era here 
And also kind of in tandem with this is Ruthless Aggressive. That's every other Tuesday covering O2 WWE right now. So it's kind of right around the same timeline. We cover the Monday Night Wars. We're covering mid-90s ECW at the moment on Extreme Three-Way Dance. Uh, Aaron, you and I have a great show called Now Entering the Royal Rumble. We break down every single Royal Rumble competitor's performance, uh, which is a ton of fun and uh, gets a lot of cool feedback, which we appreciate. So just check us out. Subscribe to the feed. Leave us any feedback. Uh, leave us some ratings and reviews if you don't mind as well. That stuff goes a long way in, in helping us build the audience. So was this show worth it? Yeah, I, I thought it was. I went six and a half out of ten. Um, I did find it to be uh, more entertaining than not. And we had a couple of great matches in there. The Hoovy match was really good. Uh, maybe one of the better matches we've seen in a while. And again, I, I thought even some of the Russo stuff, like it had signs of stuff that was better versus those being complete washes, which tends to happen sometimes too. Uh, I think I'm going to do six out of ten. Um, I didn't like the main event, like nearly as much as I should have for Dusty Invader. Um, but, you know, on board with most of what Vince is doing, um, X Division stuff, Jerry Lynn magic, and Sandman, and the Raven AJ stuff I like too, so good show. I'm going to go five. Ugh, it's It's like a constant, it's like there's stuff I love, stuff I hate, so... That's kind of where it lands. All right, let's power rank these guys and get out of here. It's going to be like a whole different list than our list. <laughs> right. Um, all right, so our last list was Harrison Storm 1, AJ Styles 2, Cash 3, Jarrett 4, Siaki 5, Raven 6, Church 7, Sandman 8, London 9, and Conan 10. Uh, do we want to keep AMW number one? That's the question there. doesn't seem like anybody really did. Mm. I mean, maybe Styles. Maybe Cash. Styles. I don't think Styles are. Ca- uh, AJ's promo was kind of shaky. Mm. I think I leave AMW. I don't think AMW did anything that should take them out of the first spot. Okay. All right. And I think AJ Cash makes sense as two, three. I think Jarrett makes sense at four as well. Yeah. And Siaki oh, at five. You want to put Siaki ahead of Jarrett? I mean, he's personally he's not doing but, enough on the show. Maybe. Yeah, that's to say he's enjoyable enough for me, but Jarrett's doing more and he's he's been pretty good. Right. Um, I, th- I think Raven six makes I don't think we're going to have that dramatic. Of a different list. Okay, I, not. Yeah. I, I think um, I think I'd move Sandman ahead of New Church. Actually, I'd move Conan ahead of both of them. OK, what we should put Lynn back on the list, too. Yeah, let's dump London. Let's put Conan after Raven. OK. Then Sandman, then Lynn, then the church. Sure, you want to have Sandman. Do you want to throw Hoovy a bit of uh, love here? Uh, I don't know who you'd want to drop, though. Yeah, church, no one, I, I guess. Mean, Sandman? I could put Lynn, I'd put Lynn above Sandman, but I think Sandman deserves to be on there. I think it would be either be Hoovy or Church, would be the question. Well, let's see if Hoovy. Church. Yeah, let's see if Hoovy comes back. Yeah. Okay. okay. All right. So that's Harrison Storm, AJ Styles, Kid Cash, Jeff Jarrett, Sonny Siaki, Raven, Conan, Jerry Lynn, Sandman, Church. That's good. I like that 10. Boom. I don't. All right.
ですか？